0: Meanwhile, in the What's on Joe Mind action newsroom...
1: Hey, I love, you know, being like the, the surprise walking guest. Too much of me will wear them out. But not, <laughs> but once in a while, yeah. Like the kooky substitute teacher. You're like, ah, oh, this will be fun today. <laughs> but you really don't want Mr. Weber running your English class all week.
0: You're the Mrs. Dash in the What's on Joe Mind stew.
1: That's it. I'm the Cholula. <laughs> Red and spicy.
0: everybody. It's Friday night. It is July 5th. We have just said happy birthday to America, and now it's time for What's on Joe Mind. This is episode number 116. Joining me this evening, as always, from the Joe Colton compound in Washington, D.C., it's guest host Mark Weber. <laughs> that, that, that's a story in itself, isn't it? Eh, we'll try and make one. I don't want her to think that she always gets top billing. Right. I did my GC time. I got free. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mark, like we were talking about before the show, uh, the last time you were with us was just a couple months ago on the last regular episode. What you been up to the last six weeks? Oh, Just uh, pounding out NBA
1: classes at night, University of Rhode Island. What else? Kids are out of school, been chasing them around. My son's training for a triathlon again this summer, which is pretty exciting. Uh, and my daughter has... Well, I don't say drama camp, because we don't need more drama. Theater camp for uh, a budding young thespian. So that's more than enough to keep Bull Mark Webber busy.
0: Will she get booed by a large, predominantly Hispanic audience?
1: (laughs) Probably. I mean, who doesn't?
0: That's (laughs) fair. I know for me, that's about a weekly deal.
1: Right? She's fresh off her turn in her Barrington School's Fiddler on the Roof production. Nice. uh, She is ready to tackle some... uh, Disney roles this summer and expand her repertoire.
2: Do they not do Shakespeare anymore?
1: They've done pretty much musicals, but oh, okay. the, school, the school she goes to does pretty, pretty aggressive stuff. They did a uh, fifth on the roof this year. They did Oklahoma last year. And so, you know, she's a, uh, you know, down the billing right now as a fifth grader, but who knows what the future might hold for, for Miss Elizabeth, or as I call her, the lovely Elizabeth. uh-huh.
0: Musically speaking, Fiddler doesn't mess around.
1: No, huh? It was funny. I think my dad dragged me to Fid- uh, Fiddler on the Roof when I was really young, and I hated it. Right? I just hated it. I like, it's dumb. So I had that feeling forever, and I hadn't ever seen it since. And so when they announced that's what they were doing, I was like, oh, man, that one. And then when I actually went to see it, I, I enjoyed, it, obviously, her performance, but it's a great musical. I just saw it too young. Yeah. So it was it was boring. But.
0: Yes, it was something that you got forced to do and you didn't want to do it, and you were six. So
1: yeah, and as a five or six year old, I handled it really well.
0: <laughs> I tend to be real hot and cold on musicals too. I either love them or I hate them. But Fiddler is very squarely in the love camp. And speaking of Greek people who stand on chairs, Joe Colton is with us.
2: I I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: I I don't think so. I don't think so. You
2: missed Happy Canada Day. You did not give a holler to the Canadians I, this night. I
0: did not feel that it was my place to do so. Well, you opened the show. What I'm saying is our show has a Canadian. I, yes. I feel it would, it would mean more coming from the Canadian cast member.
3: All
2: right. Take your BS excuse.
0: Why don't you do that now?
2: Happy Canada Day to all the Canadians.
0: That is our, our second biggest nationality by download. Yes. I can even get statistics on that if you'd like.
2: <laughs> Look, let's not do math. I can't.
1: <laughs> Mike and I went all in and got him a picture of the Stanley Cup.
0: That's right. Here so <laughs> they, can,
1: they can remember what it looks like.
0: Here in Hockey hey Town. now.
1: Is it a, 93 Canadians, I uh, think? Is this a 26-year anniversary of the last Canadian team to win the Cup?
0: I believe so. Can we
1: not talk about this?
0: No, I mean, in, in fairness, there were lots of Canadian teams, and then they all moved south.
1: There's still six, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yet, you know what? It's fine. They, now they're
0: winning NBA titles. That's right. That's right. So. Right. Payback. We
1: took
2: our sport, we take yours. Right.
0: <laughs> I made the remark on Facebook that uh, in successive night, I watched an NBA Finals game and a Stanley Cup Finals game. And the Canadian anthem was played at the NBA game, but not at the hockey, hockey. game. Is that weird? It was strange. <laughs> it was really strange. Anyways, I think there's a good segment of Hockey Town here in St. Louis that is still drunk. Probably. I can't say boo to them. That's how that's done.
2: So, just for you, I was rooting.
0: Good. Yeah. These people deserved because it. Like, I'm not. I'm not a blues fan. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to throw it out there like I was just. I am purely a bandwagon blues fan. Uh, I am an okay. Islanders fan. But oh. there, there are some folks I know here that have just been dutiful, loyal, diehard in-the-wool hockey people that their soul was absolutely cleansed by that Stanley Cup win for the St. Louis Blues. So I can't say it's a bad thing. Mm. Taking a championship away from the city of Boston is another positive because Boston sucks. Right. But we are most popular in British Columbia, by the way. That is our most popular Canadian province.
3: Nice.
0: That is your What's On Joe Mind" Canadian fun fact for episode 116. I like that. We do not do well in Newfoundland.
2: It's because you can't speak their language.
0: Does anybody? I. It's just yes. a series of clicks and grunts, isn't it?
2: No! <laughs> a Newfie accent is very unique. Like a mixture of Canadian and Irish.
0: It's like half-click and half-grunt.
1: Sounds like somebody who's ready to fight, but sorry they hurt you.
2: Right! <laughs> I don't know about sorry to hurt you, but we'll apologize that
1: they hurt you. <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that, eh? Hey, sorry about your face, eh?
3: Sorry. That's,
0: that's outstanding. Uh,
1: I think your toe's in my boot, eh?
2: <laughs> don't make me come over there and drizzle you. Uh,
0: hey, there's a tooth floating in my Molson, eh? Is that yours? <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, That'll wrap up Roll Call. That does take us into the show's first official segment. Of course, the fan favorite, the host favorite, Joe Colton presents Creepy Fanboy Messages straight from Losertown. Joe Colton, take it away. Yes.
2: So tonight's reveal is a man inquired if I could do a shoot for him with his dog his Wonder Woman, and have I done sexy shoots with animals?
1: Okay. The first question: Why does he want the dog dressed like Wonder Woman?
2: I don't
1: know. Because that's weird.
2: <laughs> and and me dressed as Wonder Woman. Like there's, I have a Wonder Woman dog now.
0: Was Rex the Wonder Dog, not Wonder Woman's sidekick?
2: I don't know. I.
0: No. <laughs> no, the answer is no. Unfortunately, it would have been. That's a match made in heaven, quite frankly, because Rex the Wonder Dog was money back in the 50s. Didn't happen despite the same name. We had Crypto the Super Dog. We had Ace the Bat Hound. But Wonder Woman couldn't get paired up with Rex the Wonder Dog. God forbid. I'm still mad at. Because say- do uh, Can-
1: you imagine that dog in the invisible jet? Like. <laughs> Any dog worth his salt is sticking his head out the window, but try getting the dog out of the invisible jet after he's been flying around, staring at everything.
2: <laughs> Seated.
1: <laughs> Joe, I got to assume that that's a no response at all, right?
2: Yes. Yes. Well, he went on to ask if I would be interested in doing something like that. And if it would interest me, if he paid me to do it and everything, I was just like, I'm going to delete this and not engage
1: guy is going, well, she probably just hasn't got to it yet. Or maybe yeah. I typed the email. Maybe I typed the address wrong.
0: <laughs> Look, everybody, or it's probably <laughs> in
2: her junk folder. She hasn't right. seen it yet.
0: Everybody has a number, but I'm going to guess that guy can't reach your number. <laughs>
2: I'm pretty sure he can't.
1: I can just see this guy going, she's probably so busy that she won't have time in her schedule you know, for like a year, but that email's coming. I just know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> First of all, I don't even know why I sexy shoot with a dog.
0: Yeah, never work with kids or animals, really. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you do know why he wants a sexy shoot with a dog. But your brain doesn't want to admit that you know why.
2: No, my brain is like, no, do not pass go. Do not think. Do not collect $100. Exactly. It's a, it's a defense mechanism.
0: You You know why. <laughs> But frankly, you're afraid to admit that you know why.
2: I don't want to know why.
0: Mm, No, nobody wants to know why. He probably
2: wants me to feed him kibble.
1: (laughs) 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 And you get even a polite response is a bad idea because it's going to be the dumb and dumber thing where he's going to say, so you're saying there's a chance.
2: Right. Yeah. No, are you saying there's a chance (laughs) if I offer money?
1: Right. I love the idea that this lunatic idea was also possibly pro bono, right? Like, (laughs) might just be something fun to do in (laughs) Saskatoon or wherever. But also, it might pay. Really? You don't say. Yeah. Uh. I,
2: I also don't have a dog. Am I stealing a dog? Are you sending me your dog? Why? What is he? Are you mailing me your dog? Like, how is this going to work?
0: I do think that he does deserve a little bit of credit for avoiding references to a milk bone. <laughs> Specifically, his milk bone in the email. I, I, the only
1: modicum of respect I'll give is that he was able to type it without ever having
2: so I can guess. Com- Maybe I
1: shouldn't common sense. Me. just, Just go, what are you
0: doing, dude?
2: Stop. <laughs> that <laughs> little voice consent. just never
0: piped up. Just again, my heart goes out to that guy's dog.
2: Yeah, cause, cause there's gonna be somebody who has a price he can meet, and God help that dog.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, all but right. he Bef- still
2: doesn't beat Cot Guy. No,
0: Cot Guy still our winner, still the winner on Cot Guy. That's we'll, we'll cut get that.
2: Creepier, people.
0: We'll <laughs> cut this segment a little bit short this time because our our show is chock full. But remember. If you should recognize yourself ever in the correspondence that is discussed in Joe Colton Presents, Crazy Fanboy Messages Straight from Losertown, just know that we're not laughing with you. We're laughing at you, and you should reevaluate things. Step your game up, people.
2: (laughs) Get creepier.
1: I, I know
0: you've got it in you. Push past that wall. Find out what's really bizarre but still makes her tick.
1: If If you're out there and you're a creep but you're a little bit shy and you just haven't been able to hit send on that message that's been in drafts for three years, I want to encourage you to be a man. Hit send. And we will see you next week.
2: I hate you so much.
0: Honestly, I'm just here to help. That's Joe at JoeColton.com. Oh, so nervous now. Oh, it's fantastic. That brings up the news. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I really hope that somebody's. You know, I responded to Mark Weber's call to action last episode. <laughs> finally, quit quit pissing around and got on the pot or something. I don't know. I, Something along those lines.
1: That really nice guy on the internet said I should send you an email.
0: <laughs> I haven't worn pants since twenty twelve. <laughs> Mark Weber, motivational speaker.
1: <laughs> do it <laughs> Do it. Oh my
3: god, please do this.
1: <laughs> please make your dreams come true.
0: The only thing she can say is no. In all caps. First eight, news item I... point type. Or just not say anything at all. It really is two two outcomes. Right, right. Two. Which is the loudest no of all. Only two possibilities for negative outcomes. So just think about that. Of all the possibilities, only two are negative. <laughs> First news item. <laughs> I'm
2: not making the sound again. <laughs>
0: A Snake Eyes movie had its release date pushed back on Paramount's schedule. No, no way! Play! I know, amidst all the tooth gnashing and and craziness, it's it's pretty much just, just like we said last time out. But according to Variety.com, the sequel to A Quiet Place will be released on March 20, 2020, taking the place of the Snake Eyes movie on Paramount's release calendar. The delay in the G.I. Joe project was confirmed by producer Lorenzo de Bonaventura last month according to deadline.com then i guess last month is is probably more accurately may we've we've kicked this episode so far down the curb with all the stuff we had going on in june according to deadline.com the new release date for the snake eyes movie is october 16 2020 this was the original release date of the proposed micronauts movie that film has been pushed back to june 4 2021 oh my god so again, delays in Hollywood. Wake me when we get some news.
3: Yeah.
1: And as a side note that I should probably say for our Micronauts podcast, if you don't think there's a bigger summer movie coming out on June Fourth, 2021, <laughs> that's going to scare Micronauts, uh, you know, into the hills. I got, I got a, you know, lakefront property in Pawtucket. I can sell you.
0: I think October sixteen is probably legit. Give or take. Unless they push it back to June of next year. Like they did with retaliation.
1: Man. To shoot it in three D, right? Uh,
2: I lo- I still love Retaliation's mountain scene. I don't care what anyone says.
1: I don't have a problem with retaliation, really. I just Mm-mm. the push off of that movie is what murdered the modern Joe. Yeah. Not that it was in great shape or, or fine without it, but make no mistake, that was the stake through the vampire. So
2: Well if my mom, who's an immigrant little old lady, can figure out that Rise of Cobra was bad, it's not good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what are you trying to say about immigrants and little old ladies? Why do you why are you hating on the immigrants?
2: I love a little immigrant. Anyhow, she just didn't like Rise of Cobra.
0: There, there was not a lot to like in certain aspects.
1: When I think of Rise of Cobra, I like to think back to watching the Super Bowl commercial for it and how much potential I thought it might have. That was the high point, I think, of the Rise of Cobra experience.
0: Yeah, yeah that kind of was the peak, wasn't it? And I'll mm-hmm. even defend Rise of Cobra as just a cheesy popcorn movie and not a bad way to spend an hour and a half on cable. If you got nothing else going on. But yeah, that was kind of the moment.
1: Yeah, the trailer was kind of the highlight. Baroness looked good. Couldn't see Snake Eyes' lips. Like, yeah, this might be good. And
2: Storm Shadow was good.
1: So yeah, they, I mean, there were things. It wasn't, it's not 100% garbage, but.
0: Yeah, Rider anyway. Strike. Kick that one in the Little Joes. <laughs> Next news item doo, 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 doo. John M. Chew the director for yeah. Retaliation. He signed on to co-direct a Netflix documentary. John Chu has stepped on board a project that will retell the story of a rescue of a Thai soccer team and their coach from moviehole.com. <laughs> that's not. Excuse today. me? Moviehole.
2: This is the thing that happened in, in Thailand, right? Correct. Yes.
0: Quote, the film will tell the true story of how the 12 teammates and the coach of the Wild Boars soccer squad were rescued after being trapped for two weeks inside the flooded Tom Long Caves near Chiang Mai, Thailand during the summer of 2018. Like the rest of the world, we were riveted by the news of the Thai cave rescue, Chu said. With the entire globe watching, this tragic human drama transformed into a beautiful inspirational story of human beings saving other human beings. Not only did this show the best of the human spirit overcoming even the worst of circumstances, it proved that we are stronger when we work together, end quote. Taiwanese director Baz Punperia will co-direct the project, and it is unknown if it will be a mini-series or a feature-length movie at this time. So good for John Chu. Yay! You get a couple of hits under your belt, you start getting to choose your own projects, and he's a good guy. He writes
1: his own ticket at this point, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, he pretty good much for does. Him. He, He's going to have to capsize pretty badly to have to give that back, but
1: again I was all on board with him when he said before uh, retaliation came out that he was planning a scene that he had done on the back of his grandmother's sofa with his GI Joe figures as a kid and I'm like hey, I I think I'm going to like this guy so
0: <laughs> he's a good dude we will always owe him one for the few moments he he was able to spare with us give us that interview a few years back so doing our part to to even the ledger next news item
3: do, 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 do.
0: Our old friend Daryl DePriest is crowdfunding a new Star Wars book. Former Hasbro executive Daryl DePriest has completed Star Wars The Vintage Collection Archive Edition and is using Kickstarter to fund its publication costs. From Kickstarter. From the site, I guess. Whatever. It's inspired by Steve Sansweet's Star Wars The Collector's Archive, released in 1999, and intended to be its spiritual successor. Whether you're new to Hasbro's The Vintage Collection or a longtime collector... You'll find the book's easy-to-use layout and invaluable resource. With approximately 300 pages covering the vintage collection action figures, creatures, vehicles, and playsets, entries include a detailed record of each item with crisp, high-resolution photos printed on premium-quality paper. The book is over 300 pages in length and will be hardcover-bound. The project has already surpassed its $50,000 goal, and funding is running through July 14. So this will probably be up Maybe a few days before the end, so hopefully we'll have a chance to to get folks turned on to that. You can just go to Kickstarter dot com and punch in Daryl's name, and it'll it'll actually pop up for you. But if you spell it right, yeah, you know, if you get close, I think if if you hit DePriest, Priest, it it probably gets you there.
1: There's a lot of ways to go
0: wrong on Daryl De Priest typing. Right, so get, get it right, fans. Look, if you're into GI Joe and you're into Star Wars, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you cannot type that man's name. You're not that into GI Joe or Star Wars, and you don't care about the book.
1: Yeah, and you deserve
0: whatever book
1: you mistakenly buy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: kind of like this dark side of you.
0: <laughs> you got to talk to Daryl a couple weeks ago. Did he say anything about his book when you spoke to him? I had lunch with Daryl. Oh, you're probably talking to Joe. Well, I stole it, so I'm. Keep...
1: No, I was talking uh, I to you. She tried. She uh, tried to steal from first you. Time I'd seen him in, in, in quite some time, and it was like the Friday before they announced this. And so he told me about it a little bit. And he was really excited, and I think people, sometimes people forget that Daryl's an an author. That it was the Joe book he wrote, that put him into the toy business. And so, you know, I know Daryl has wanted to use his, you know, legendary collection in a couple of collections actually, to fuel the photography for some book projects he wants to work on. So, he's doing right now things he's wanted to do for a long time. So, I think it's exciting that Daryl gets to flex his literary muscle and get back to something that he kind of had to back burner for a long, long time.
0: Good deal. And Daryl flexing his literary muscle is certainly better than sexy dog shoot guy flexing his literary muscle. Right. There's a difference right there. There's a difference. See how see how the news segment leaps and bounds higher in quality. So again, that email address, joe at com. I hate you. For giving out a fake email address? Yeah. I should be your favorite person. I worry
1: about who actually has that email address because this is he's going to get tomorrow morning.
2: Oh, goodness.
0: We don't care. They can always find us at complaints at com.
1: There's another Joe fan who uh, who goes by Joe Colton, right? Does some Colton, the character, dress up?
2: Yes. Yes, he does.
1: so. Is he getting all these emails and going, I don't get this. I'm not understanding.
2: I wonder if he'll get the dog request.
1: I
0: wonder if he'll consider it. (laughs) Maybe his number's lower than yours.
2: It probably is.
0: (laughs) Look at you. Look at you dealing out the body shot there. Oh, With a right to the kidney, it's Joe Colton taking command in the second round. Anyhow.
2: I'm looking at Daryl's Kickstarter right now. Thank
0: you. You got a show to do. Cut that out. Mm, okay. I sent you the rundown before. You should have looked before.
2: I did. But I um, want to like actually back the project now.
0: Don't believe her, Daryl. She's lying. She's lying to America and Canada. If the downloads are to be believed.
3: <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Lying. Next news item. <clears throat> A five million pound bid from Hasbro and Boulder Media for an unused port in... I am going to screw this up. I wish Patty Lennon was here. Doodle ...was rejected due to a lack of funding information and planning guidelines, according to the Irish Times. That was for a Hasbro animation studio. The former ferry terminal was up for bid with several other projects. Hasbro purchased Boulder Media back in 2016... What's on Joe Mine told you about that back in 2016. Well, I some, knew about it in 2015, but I'm going to let that go. That, look, that's beside the point. Okay? That's beside the point. For, for us commoners, Mr. I was like on me the now, inside, Like me now. Like you now. Like 2019 yeah. Mark Weber. Yep. Yeah. We're not impressed by what 2015 Mark Weber knew. Not no, anymore. That, that,
1: that Eloy guy eating his caviar and. Not making toys. (laughs) I I guess you could say not much has changed, actually. Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, not a whole lot, really. It's it's about the same. Didn't make any joke here.
1: Movie got pushed back. Pretty much business as
0: usual. (laughs) Check. Check. Check, check. While some residents are upset that the bid was rejected without input from the public, this is a quote, it is understood that interviews with potential occupants of the building, not including Hasbro and Boulder Media, have been held and the council is considering the various approaches. So yeah, basically Hasbro for and, and Boulder Media had this big plan put together to buy an old ferry port and turn that into their their big animation studio and it did not go through.
1: What's the name of that ferry terminal again?
0: Dunlager. We'll try and get to get a hold of 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 Patty or Brian and and get that figured out. Our official Irish correspondent. Or alternatively, once you have three drinks, you probably pronounce it perfectly. More than likely. <laughs> I am a little Irish, so it's it's in there. I can I can find it, but I'm not nearly liquored up enough. You know, if I was the drinking type, we wouldn't be recording this on a Friday night. But anyhow, it seemed like it had some public support, but the the folks in the city council were were not too enthused about Hasbro coming to town. Too bad. Uh, Next news item. Hasbro CEO Brian Goldner confirms that there will be a Snake Eyes movie in 2020. At the A.B. Bernstein Strategic Decisions Conference on May thirty. Goldner read from a prepared statement next year, Hasbro will have a G.I. Joe movie focused on Snake Eyes as part of an hour-long presentation to attendees. The audio slideshow presentation is available on Hasbro's inventor website, that is investor.hasbro.com. And before everybody loses their mind, uh, G.I. Joe's mention is just before the 10-minute mark, and that's the only mention of it through the entire presentation. That quote that I read there, that's it. Next year, Hasbro will have a G.I. Joe movie focused on snake eyes. That's it. A whole nine yards. The presentation offers a lot of insight into plans for major brands like Transformers, My Little Pony, and Magic the Gathering, especially. As an aside, it was noted that the upcoming tariffs with China will be covered entirely by price increases of approximately 10% per item. So I saw this get some run in, in the news, and I sat and listened to the whole presentation, the whole hour. And G.I. Joe was in a sentence. There are not even any pictures of it in the little slideshow presentation. It just gets kind of tossed out as an aside. So I'm sure that on May 30th, that was just after the news of the date of the movie came out. He probably didn't even know that because he's the CEO. He's not involved with the scheduling and marketing and things like that. So he probably just knew it from what he had before. Any thoughts? Seeing none, moving on
1: i'm kind of numb to to gi joe movie news yeah it's yeah it's kind of my shtick i don't wish it poorly i hope it's great and a snake Eyes standalone movie has all sorts of potential so i hope it's phenomenal and i hope it it reinvigorates the brand and and captures the attention of an entirely new generation of joe fans i hope and i think that's I think that's what everybody feels like, you know, I hope.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I know I'm with you. I know we tend to to sound negative when we do the news, but my own standpoint is we're so hungry for anything, for any kind of mention, that I think when that passing reference happens, we, we jump all over it and we make more out of it than what it actually is. I include a lot of non-bits, if you will, when we do the news, and that—that's largely it. If—if nothing else, it's just to say, everybody, keep your pants on. Don't be the guy from the sexy dog shoot. (laughs) I was
1: going to say, if you ignore your dog for a month and then walk over and kick him, the dog is like, he remembered me.
0: (laughs) And that's, you know, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. All I know is, last month I went to Costco. And I wondered to myself, who's going to buy the four-pound barrel of peanut butter? And now we know. That guy. Dog guy. He's buying four pounds of peanut butter. No question. That email address again. Probably eight eight pounds, right? It was at Costco, right? It's
1: probably all shrunk wrapped together.
0: (laughs) It's the two-can double pack of four-pound
1: cans. It looks like bongo drums.
0: (laughs) Joe at JoeColton.com.
2: Yep. Send all your weird... Request.
0: (laughs) Next news item. Well, that was lackluster. I know. Anyhow. I
2: couldn't figure out how to do the Uh, do. G.I.
0: Joe signage and a meeting room was spotted at the Las Vegas Licensing Expo. This was last month. We threw up a a picture on Instagram and Facebook that got some people a-ruffled. Yes. Hasbro is traditionally a big presence at the show. This year was no exception with many characters from properties being represented in props and displays. However, there was a specific door designated with GI Joe signage leading to a room where private appointments took place. Does it mean anything? We don't know either. But thanks to longtime listener Drew Gaskoff for the photo and allowing us to use that when we broke that particular piece of the story. My understanding is that they were talking to certain folks about G.I. Joe. I'm sure it's just stuff that has to do with all the extras that, that happen when you have a big movie that comes out. It's all kinds of merchandise opportunities that are not toys and action figures and things like that when, when you have a, a big movie. Everything from kids' birthday hats to pens and pencils to promotions on candy wrappers to all that other stuff that, that gets tied into to big movie releases. So I'm sure it had everything to do with that. It was just kinda nice to get that secondhand account of G.I. Joe being the center of attention for once. That was a, a legitimate time when that happened. I like the
1: one bitter guy I saw on Facebook who when the when the photo went up he was like, Yeah, that's just the bathroom door <laughs> Uh, I just smiled. Like, ah, oh, Captain Butthurt. hurt.
0: Yeah, know, my, my favorite was the guy the who, who said that on the other side of the door was the cafeteria and everybody was eating lunch, when in front of the door was everybody eating lunch. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, sure, whatever.
1: Mike, I think you're dead on, though, with the assessment. Like, Hasbro has always listened to... Companies that wanted to license show, they're just not interested in licensing out the things most Joe fans are interested in, right? The, yeah. the diehard Joe fans want vehicles and figures, mm-hmm. and they've never licensed out anything closer than the Loyal subject stuff. So they are oddly protective of the category that they haven't really been willing to activate. So... Hopefully yeah. that's because the movie's coming and there's going to be a great big push.
0: Yeah, if, if nothing else, that's what that bit is all about. It's that this is starting to become real. We've sat and we've talked about how things get pushed back and how delays are part of the process and how we'd rather things were delayed than they were rushed to conclusion. This is just another sign that this Snake Eyes movie is a real thing and the process on it is is getting going.
1: Yeah, I mean, there wasn't a Joe Room Yeah, last year's licensing show, right? Or the year before that, or the year
0: before that.
1: Yeah, not to my knowledge.
0: We had a couple of contacts to that show.
1: I think when I joined the Joe brand in September of 14, they were talking about a spring 2016 release for G.I. Joe 3. And we never, ever got anything as concrete as this. I know it's a sign on a door (laughs) at a licensing show, but... We've never had anything that concrete before. So, for what it is, what it is, but it is definitely encouraging.
0: There we go. Next news item, last news item. Do, 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 As you heard on Rack Time last week, there is a new G.I. Joe book from IDW coming this fall. The new book, titled simply G.I. Joe, is set in a reality where Cobra has taken over and is attempting to stamp out insurgent opposition led by Duke and Scarlet, among others. From IDW's website, writer Paul Aller, who is best known for G.I. Joe Deviations and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Universe, said... Quote, old-school G.I. Joe fans will absolutely love it and find it true to everything G.I. Joe stands for. And new folks will be attracted to a deeply character-driven tale of hope and humanity and about the power of resilience in an increasingly unraveling world. Art duties will be handled by Chris Evanhouse? Evan Weiss? I don't know how to pronounce that either. Who is known from work on G.I. Joe, Action Man, and Winona Earp. Uh book will premiere I- in September.
1: I think it's pronounced dun lawag dun There you go.
0: I need to go get the, strong, scream. Get the Strongbow out of the fridge. When well, I was in the UK, they have like a the Strongbow cider, the passion fruit flavored. And it's incredible. And you can't get it in the States, and I miss it. Anyhow, that's the news. Yes. Um,
1: I'm actually kind of excited about the Joe book. Larry's book is always going to be the gospel, so to speak. But I think there's absolutely room for more storytelling. So I think the Joe community has responded to it because it it harkens to worlds without end. You know, loved two parter from the cartoon. So mm-hmm. okay, yeah, cool. Let's see it. Yeah, it's part- and if 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 nothing else, it's a bit of a palate cleanser for how the last Joe book mm. sauntered off. So yeah. all right, let's go. Can't wait. Yeah,
0: the the all Joe. My, The G.I. Joe comic world has always been open to permutations. There was uh, Reloaded. There was IDW just rebooting things. There was G.I. Joe Transformers by Tom Scioli, which is a fever dream spread over 12 issues. So I I don't think that people just immediately reject when G.I. Joe deviates from the norm. I I think the fact that Larry's book continues, that A Real American Hero keeps marching on, it's the ground for it all, you know, if, if you will. It attracts all the lightning. I'm enthused about this. Uh, Paul Aller is a guy. He's an Indianapolis guy, so you know that means quality.
1: Mm. <laughs> the more G.I. Joe, yeah, Joe's story being told, the not you have of one being outstanding, right? Yeah, Who thought that when they, when they announced there was going to be a cobra book and it was going to focus on chuckles? That it was going to be Mm -hmm. the best piece of Joe storytelling we'd seen in 20 years. Who knows? So, yeah, anytime there's something new, I'm excited about it and optimistic
0: for it. Yep. You can't get hits unless you get up to the plate, right?
1: That's right. So send that email.
0: That's right. There's a chance. You can request anything, joe at joecolton.com. Yep. You don't miss Carson or anything, do you?
2: Nope.
1: Oh wow! Isn't he defending the twenty four seven title right now? Yeah. Something like that. Good luck, Carson. He is. Congratulations, too.
0: Yes, as as we said on on special edition fifty nine last week, Carson is freshly married. So we we told him at Joe Fest we're going to leave him alone for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope he hyphenates his last name. (laughs) So it could be
1: R. Carson or Lieutenant R. Carson Metaxas. I don't know. Davidson or i made that up. Don't go. Don't go Googling
0: that. Yeah. I wouldn't know his new wife's last name anyway. I know she's not anybody I've had any contact with. I couldn't even tell you that off air off the record. But
1: here's the funny thing is I'm. Sure, she's met the family, right? But yes. she hasn't met the family yet. Yeah. No, she is not. Yep. Yeah. Everybody's got a crazy uncle. We got a couple hundred.
0: Here we are. So if you have strange things you'd like to do with your pets, send that request to Carson at 3djoes.com. There you
2: go. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs>
1: Hey, if he does the shoot, Joe, do you get a, like a referral bonus?
2: I should get like a 10% feet. thing.
1: There's Agent Carson feet. looking coy over a saddle.
2: With a dog.
1: With a dog. Oh, Lord. That, suit, that shoot sounds rough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say what popped into my head because I just have to edit it out anyway. Yeah, let that one go. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Keep going.
0: That is catch and release right there. That brings us to the post-sock. And as usual, several weeks ago, we put the word out on, hey, we're doing a new episode. We we need some post-sock entries. And the world sent us post-sock entries. To the point where we've got some that we aren't even using. We'll have to save them for next time. Thank you again for filling the post-sock. And they didn't all come from Ryan Costello this time. No? No, we got some from some other people for once. Yeah. I met a lot of, of, of What's On Joe Mind fans at Joe Fest. New names to me, new faces to me. F- names and faces that I have never seen in the post-soc. So that's really where we need to go. If I get letters from new people, then we don't have time to answer Madman Ryan Costello's nine questions. So, that's, so that's really it. You're hitting a younger generation now. That's good. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the guys from the File Card podcast. They were pretty awesome. The The two guys who who do the show, uh, Paige is more familiar with their program. Uh, Paige, Paige Wagner, who I hung out with a lot that weekend. And, and so the, the, the two hosts, they talked to, to Paige, and, and so their sons were talking to me. And so... That right there says that their judgment is not perhaps the best, but right. they're they're good guys, and and uh, so if you have a chance, check out the file card podcast. Anyways, new letters of the post sock. If you've never written us before, write to us now. We tend to answer these things when they come to us, so we would love to hear from more than just the same six seven folks. Not that we don't love the same six seven folks, it, it, believe me. Nothing better than your regular listeners who have been with you for years, but. You know, hey, it, it's, it's it's your show too. So get in there. You got a question that you just want us to talk about, you want us to bring it up on the program. Send your messages to us. What's on Joe Mind at gmail.com. Uh, any requests for sexy dog shoots will be forwarded to Joe at Joe Colton.com.
1: Oh, that's right. I was going to say, we're not stuck up or anything. We'll get back to you. We won't just delete your email like it didn't matter.
0: Yeah, if anything, we're decidedly low class. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. I think that was the mask that was shed at Joe Fest a little bit. When you do a program for 7 or 8 years the way the way I have now, I think people are afraid to come and talk to you about stuff. And that's not the case at all. We're we're always happy to talk about the show and and the property and and baseball and nonsense and all kinds of stuff. So you just just whatever. You you see us at a show, you have something you want to know, Hit us up. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram. Throw an email in there. Hell, we got a voicemail that I don't have in front of me right this second because all my business cards are in my travel bag still. I mean, we, we, there's any number of ways to get a hold of what's on Joe Mind. Go ahead and use them. Anyways, first letter. Shipwreck was a main character in the Sunbow series. Received dozens of figures in the 2000s. But he only ever had two figures in the original line, a handful of appearances in the vintage comic, and didn't make the cut in either movie. What is Shipwreck's Place in the G.I. Joe franchise and the real American hero legacy? And this is from the king of the sock, Ryan Costello, from Facebook. So, Mark, we'll throw this your way first, because uh, your tenure was noted for its lack of shipwreck. I made one. <laughs> right? Uh, did you? Yeah, with the, in the two-pack
1: with the Twinkle Toes Cobra Commander. Oh, right, right, the right, Red right, right, Cobra right,
0: right, right. Yep, yep, forgot about
1: him. We double-packed that guy instead instead of double-packing Gung-Ho. Yeah. Mm. I will, without revealing names, I was on one side of that argument. <laughs> but uh, Shipwreck, <laughs> I, he's got to be top 10, right? For Joe Guy's top 20, maybe? for overall Joe Car- beloved Joe characters. But for me, he's always kind of had an a, an identity issue. Like, for me, he was a, a Navy-first sailor guy. And, you know, from a diversity standpoint, his name's Hector Delgado. I mean, he's Hispanic, or that's what I expected. And then in the cartoon, he's Jack Nicholson, right? Or, or Christian Slater, depending on on who you want him to be. And he's well, almost comically As, as Christian Slater
0: then, is himself a cheap Jack Nicholson copy.
1: Exactly. At some point, he becomes a seal now instead of a sailor. I just think shipwreck, it's kind of hard to pin down. Maybe he's different things to different people. So I never thought he got the perfect treatment of what that character was supposed to be. And maybe that's why you didn't see him in the movie or the, you know, the live action stuff. I think he's important. I think he's beloved. I just think he's poorly defined.
0: Joe Colton.
2: I'm not really a big shipwreck fan. All
1: right. Is it because he stalked cover
0: so much over all those years? That, that looks yeah. close to home, maybe?
2: Yeah, a little bit. A little bit.
0: Uh, he put the moves on Scarlet once, and she she drilled him. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was an early lesson learned there. No,
1: because he ends up, Cover Girl ends up being his girl. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, like that, I like that Clutch treated Scarlet badly, and Scarlet told him to shove off, and they were never close. Right? Yeah. At least in the comic, right? Yeah, dig it. That's how
0: it's supposed to work. I always liked Chipwreck as a kid because my dad hated him. Uh, my dad <laughs> was, was in the Navy and did not particularly enjoy his time in the Navy. So when my dad saw a G.I. Joe figure dressed in the basic... Navy blues, he was less than enthused. So that meant that he found a home in a lot of spots. Like, I remember one year, we we gave him binoculars and we put him in the potted plant that was behind where my dad sat at Thanksgiving.
2: Oh, God. Um,
0: there was another year at Thanksgiving where we, we hit him just under the lip of the plate next to my dad's silverware, so that when he reached down to pick up his fork, he picked up shipwreck. So we had fun with shipwreck. But uh, as far as a character goes, he's just kind of a guy, and... Everybody has their favorites from GI Joe. I mean, it's no different than Beachhead being my favorite and Low Light being Joe's favorite. That isn't Scarlet and and Mark. I forget Who, who's your guy. Steeler. Steeler. Man. Okay, so Steeler. I mean, it yeah. even less, of, even more obscure than Shipwreck. But, Steeler was the first
1: guy to have it, Joe. If you had Steeler, you had the tank, and that was the that was a status symbol. You know. Yeah. Anyway. Not to steal Shipwreck's thunder.
0: But Shipwreck was was just kind of one of those guys, and I think he keeps coming back because, like, the one place where he stood out was the cartoon. And why wouldn't he? You know, Neil Ross played him, so that right there says that of all the great talent that worked on that show, Neil Ross may have been the best actor. And so Mm -hmm. Neil Ross was Shipwreck, and, and so Shipwreck kept getting a lot of stuff written for him, and Buzz Dixon was the head writer and loved writing for Shipwreck, and so Shipwreck kept getting recycled to us on on the cartoon, and that's probably where G.I. Joe made its biggest indentation on popular culture. It was a, a whole cartoon, or rather a whole generation of kids went home and watched that cartoon every afternoon at 3.30 or 4 o'clock for four years, five years. Didn't matter if they collected G.I. Joe's or not. They all know who Shipwreck was, <coughs> if, even if they just liked the show a little bit. Yeah. That's kind of what gives him a little bit of a nudge. He's a little bit higher on the ladder than, than the other just-a-guys. Even their split. Either they want him to be serious, finally, or they want to keep playing him as the comedy character, the guy who's kind of just barely a Joe. The goof-up, the screw-around, the non-Joe Joe, the everyman, if you will. How most of mm-hmm. us would act if we were attached to a an elite brigade of, of soldiers. So... Even there, like Mark said, he's just—he's kind of tough to get a handle on. But if you told me to put together a list of ten guys, Shipwreck's probably coming in at ten, or if not ten, then he probably makes twelve. You know, he's, yeah. he's in there. He's, he's in the teens somewhere. Yeah, clearly, he's not Duke or Flint or Snake Eyes. He's not Roadblock or Gung Ho. And there's even some some guys who maybe have more momentum as characters. Than he does for reasons that we don't quite know, like Beachhead's kind of up in that B list simply because people think he looks cool. So Shipwreck's kind of okay. on the that low end of the B list, high end of the C list. He's a bigger deal than rock and roll, but he's not. He's not a bigger deal than I got. I, I don't have a good comparison. Shipwreck, if we're giving out a letter grade, he's like a B minus. Yeah, that's that's about but- where he is
1: if you look at too, there, I mean, there's a bias from the, from the toy industry against boats, right. And Navy stuff. Like I remember on transformers, that was a thing. Boats don't sell. You don't see too many transformers that turn into boats at all. And, and from a Joe perspective, I mean, they're, they're the, you know, the big one, there's the, the flag and the whale and the moray, but they didn't make a whole lot of boats. I think outside of the Devilfish. Which every kid could take into the bathtub. Yep. You know, you don't, you play with tanks, you fly the planes. Do you really drive the boats around? Like, if it's a boat of any size, you got to have a swimming pool to make it even interesting. And not, not that many kids have swimming pools in their backyards. I mean, not in Bend, Oregon, at least. So, <laughs> but. I mean that that's a real thing. Boats don't sell is a thing in the toy industry, and that's you know I think part of the reason why you you didn't get more seaborne vehicles and more navy
0: type guys in the Joe line. Growing up, the carpeting in our bedroom was blue. made boats appealing. There you go <laughs> Anyhow. Rob got the whale one year for Christmas, so that that made boats appealing. <laughs> the whale's amphibious, though, right? Hey, whatever, whatever. It didn't matter. That sucker was awesome. That's a great toy. It was fantastic. Just fantastic. So, so there you go, Ryan Costello. Weird shipwreck is slightly above a normal guy. There you go. Next question. I love the recent interview with Toy Galaxy's Dan Larson. Are there any similar YouTube channels you would recommend? And that is from Ryan Lou Costello from Facebook. So, Mark Weber, when, when you are not listening to What's on Joe Mine, where do you go for your toy news?
1: It's funny because I'm subscribed to so many things. Almost my stuff is uh, LinkedIn and Facebook-based. I don't. I don't get a lot of toy news from YouTube. YouTube is where I go to watch. You know, somebody get hit with a chair or fall off a skateboard. Or that's my YouTube use. My kids are YouTube maniacs, but YouTube is not my uh, not my source for uh, for toy news. Joe Colton,
0: you have any favorites?
3: Hmm.
2: Well, our page, the YouTube page.
0: We we do, but we have all of three videos at this point, so I'm yeah. not going to put us up in the, the Facebook heavyweights, but thank you for plugging the damn show.
2: You're welcome. Which I think should be a shirt, so Sarah should get on that.
0: That's a good idea. Design me a Plug the Damn Show shirt, and I will put it in the What's on Joe mall. Okay. You You, you make that happen, and I will do it.
2: Okay. I usually just have alerts that go straight to my phone or my email.
0: But do you have anything that maybe not news, but just something that you watch just for fun that's toy related
2: No usually just live streams off Facebook.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah.
2: I am not helpful.
0: Not at all.
2: (laughs) I failed tonight.
0: Yeah. Now in in fairness, I don't watch a ton of toy stuff on YouTube either. I'm a big fan of Dan and Toy Galaxy. Uh, a big part of why I had him in for an interview is because, you know, I, I started going back through his archive and realized he's a Joe guy. Holy hell, That this guy digs G.I. Joe. Screw all this other stuff. He's one of us. So, I mean, that was the, the big driving impetus there. Um, mm-hmm. But I do pay attention, of course, to our, our good friends at Toy World Order. Uh, mm-hmm. particularly anything involving puppet Duvall.
2: I miss that puppet,
0: yeah, so Toy World Order is one. I do watch some of of Pixel Dan stuff. Pixel Dan, the stuff he collects is the exact stuff that I don't collect <laughs> so so I don't watch a ton of Pixel Dan, but I know Dan a little bit and and he's just a good guy, so i like i I get enjoyment just out of watching. Dan geek out over stuff. so i'll I'll watch some some pixel Dan, just to to see my friend be a dork. But on the whole, I don't watch a ton of toy channels either, even Joe content. it's i'm I'm usually producing either I'm actively doing something with my collection, which is true this year ahead of many other years. I'm trying to get things organized, or I'm putting out shows. So after that, I, like, I'm like i kind of toyed out at that point. You can't do this all the time. I wish I had some more stuff that I was just consistently plugging into on, on YouTube to recommend, but most of my toy-type media is audio because I can just play it while I'm doing other stuff. That answers that. We are no help whatsoever on that question.
2: I feel really bad.
0: But thanks for writing. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's Ryan Costello, so he's, he's going to write either way. Anyhow.
1: Let's hope he brings it stronger next time, then.
0: <laughs> Our next Ryan Costello question. Recently, I looked up Beachhead's French name, to which wish Beachhead Mike a bon I don't know how to pronounce that, but could not find an answer. It made me wonder, are we as a fandom doing everything we can to preserve G.I. Joe's history, trivia, and minutiae? And I'll I'll field this one first. I think we do a better job of that than any other fandom out there. Mm. Between having a resource online like yojo.com, which is damn near comprehensive, there's any number of comic sites that you can use as a compendium to that, uh, the work that gets done at Jody Classified, show after show after show, those guys are, are, are just bringing lost pieces of lore to show off to the public there you know dan cligginsmith has his books noted author james cavanaugh we have covered on any number of occasions so yes you want to talk about preserving trivia and minutia? i mean lord look look at us man how many people have we talked to that that were voice actors from the program over the last eight years it, that's our that's our part of that puzzle is trying to get inside the heads of those folks. So, yes, I, I believe we do a better job of that than just about every other toy fandom you can think of. Do you guys have anything to add to that?
2: I think we're passionate more so than a lot of the other fandoms. Like, not blindly.
1: <laughs> it was a juggernaut, right? I mean, it was a huge deal for a long time. But you look at other toy... Brands that maybe weren't as big that take something like Mask, right? That wasn't nearly as big. But I mean, there isn't 5% of the grassroots effort or the groundswell passion for like that as there is for Joe. So I think the dedicated fan base is extraordinarily dedicated. And I think they're done I can't imagine what's not what what could we do more, right? I'm glad you mentioned Yojo. And Terry Gazzard, because I've been a Yojo disciple since like 99, right? It's been the standard bearer for 20 years now. And I think it is so so well taken care of and such a given that it really gets taken for granted. It is the online Bible for G.I. Joe, and it has been for two decades. And I think we're so used to it that it doesn't ever get the total credit it really deserves.
0: Yeah. Big props to, to Terry and to Phil as always. Uh, mm-hmm. for for Yojo. I mean we he's not here, but it, 3D Joes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know how much stuff has Carson pushed out there just in in regards to the artwork and the boxes and just his his relentless mania where he pops up on Facebook Live Wednesday morning at 11:30 on some random week and just talks about this stuff for an hour and a half. It's crazy. It's a it's the best kind of crazy. It's it comes from a place of love and, and sharing a wealth of knowledge. There might be more about Star Wars out there, but honestly, I think that's just numbers. I think by percentage, Joe fans are easily the craziest in the toy world
2: I concur with that
0: cursing is fucking funny
1: when I worked at Toy State I had been there five months or so and I don't, I don't curse much and certainly not in a business setting and it was sporting I guess so people were just shouting out curses over their cubes and it was funny and I was not participating really and then finally my friend Katie said Webb I don't know if I've ever heard you curse and I said yeah it's not, not really my thing And and they're like, yeah, but is it like a religious thing or what's the deal? And I'm like, no, it's just, you know, if you save it up, when you finally drop one, it's really funny. And it dropped, it (laughs) dropped the room.
0: And I had that thrown at me once too, where it's like, well, you really don't curse very much, but usually when you do, we know something really hairy is about to go down. And I'm like, see, (laughs) there, there's your lesson right there.
1: But. Did you just say something really hairy's about to go down?
0: That sounds an awful lot like a sexy dog shoot.
3: <sighs> this is
2: why I don't share things with you.
0: <laughs> don't you lie about your sharing habits? We make this crap entertaining. So yes. Joe Colton has a figure; she has a number that you have to match, plus travel expenses and uh, peanut butter expenses.
2: Uh, it's getting worse. All right. Why am I why am I doing peanut butter?
0: Joe at joecolton.com. Okay. Next question. Hypothetically, let's say there's a fire, tornado, hurricane, flood, etc. You can only grab one item from your collection. Oh what do you take with you? And this is Paige Wagner from Twitter. So, Mark Weber, we we probably know your collection the least because you're you're having on the show nearly as much to to blab on about it over the years what is the one item from your collection that you would take if you only got to save one item
1: i thought about this and i don't have like a sentimental one there isn't like my first joe that that i'd have to have or the thing i got autographed that means so much to me so it's pretty much just a big ticket item right if it's a flood I'm just I'm sitting on the flag and grabbing an oar, and off we go, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know if that works in practice, but in theory that works. In in
1: theory, off I go, right? But that's flood specific. Uh, the other one, and almost all my old stuff is open. Like I played with all my toys, but the one that I kept the box for, simply because it was best for storage, was the Drone. and that's where my Drone is now. Is a little bit taken apart and back in that giant box. So that's when I know I could just bear hug and run out with it, I have everything it needs. So I'm gonna go with big ticket items. Picture me floating down the street on my flag or running out the door, bear hugging the drone box.
0: Joe Colton.
2: That's tough. Alright, it's a three-way toss-up. It's either my box of 80 to 84 Joes, just the whole bin, or the October guard set that I'm slowly putting together.
0: Because that is your mania of the moment?
2: Right. (laughs) And I do have manias.
0: It's got the freshest footprint, so it's the one that that sticks out in your head?
2: Yeah. Yeah. While wearing my Iron Grenadier helmet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, you—you you see, you're coming up with an—an an awfully detailed plan on this. I can't think that this is just off the cuff.
2: <laughs> Contingency plans, my friend.
0: Joe, what what are you missing
1: in your October Guard set?
2: From the set itself, I'm missing Grekov and. On.
0: Uh
2: just at the top. I'm missing the
0: top. You have twelve of the fifteen figures, correct?
2: Yes. Yes. Uh Boltar.
0: Okay. So that's two.
2: Yeah.
0: And the third figure is No, I
2: think that's
0: it. Okay, so that's 13 out of 15 then. Yes. Okay. That's different yep. than twelve.
1: Somewhere out there, there's a guy writing that down on a piece of paper. Okay, old time. I actually
2: huh? had people ask me; they sent me photos, and I was or questions about which one. And I was like, "No, it's the 2012. I have the originals. I don't want those."
1: <laughs> no one argues, right? That is hands down the best concept of all
0: time, right?
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Second place after Dreadnought Rampage. Uh... Isn't that Billy Bob and Cletus and... Identical dreadnought cousins.
2: Him in the
1: That's a beachhead set, isn't
0: it? It is the beachhead set, yes.
1: Uh, I see. I see the bias running through.
0: But truthfully, it just makes me laugh that hard. Identical dreadnought cousins just... I chuckle too hard at it to not... Yeah. Anyways... My own, and and I know I've covered this before, I would actually take a piece of fan, I don't know if you call it memorabilia. Several years ago, our listener Nick Adams was active serving in the military. He has since been discharged, honorably even, after they found out that he listened to our show, which is bizarre in and of itself. But basically, he sent those of us who were hosts of the show at the time Flags that were flown in the Middle East during Operation Enduring Freedom. And so, got the certificate with it here. This is to certify that the accompanying flag was flown on January 21, 2013, on an MC 130H Combat Talon II combat mission by members of the 15th Expeditionary Special Operations Squadron, U.S. Air Force, while deployed to Bagram Air Base, Afghanistan. Aerial delivery of 25,000 pounds was successfully delivered in support of the global war on terrorism during Operation Enduring Freedom. This flag presented to, my name here, on behalf of the commander and crew of Anvil 43.
2: That's cool.
1: That's pretty slick. So
0: that's the item.
2: Okay.
1: So did you decide not to lead with that because how do you follow that? Or did you decide to play a trump
0: card, squish us both? Mostly to squish you both. No, it was actually, I I had to pull it. It's on the shelf across the room. I had to go get it.
3: (laughs) So
2: you used us as a diversion.
0: Correct. But I know Gary and Justin and Chuck have similar items, and I hope that they think of them as well. Yeah, that's cool. My diversionary tactics are successful. I have a box of mint fudge stripes
1: with no stripes.
0: What's up with that?
1: I know, right?
0: That's just messed up. They I'm pretty be,
1: sure it's a variant.
0: They can't be fudge stripes at that point. They're just tasty mint cookies. I don't want to make it sound like I'm bagging the cookies, but they are not fudge stripes.
1: I mean, is it possible you could play devil's advocate and say it's a really thick stripe? Maybe. I, uh,
0: see, what I, see what I did there?
1: Uh, yeah. I'm not buying it, though. You know what they call that? Marketing.
0: What they really need to do while we're talking about cookies, I, I was reading somewhere that Oreo is putting out commemorative cookies for the moon landing, and oh. they need to put out like 1% of those commemorative moon landing cookies with the Illuminati signals on, on the cookie. <laughs> that, one, just, just, just Don't talk about it. Don't, don't make any mention of it. Just... Every 1% of every bag of Oreos you buy have that on the side as opposed to the moon landing stuff. So it's commemorative,
1: like they're going to film them in a studio but not really put them out? They made the cookies on a soundstage. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, now that you bring it up, that is something I watch on YouTube. Is, is it Buzz Aldrin who punched that Yahoo guy with the in an interview in the face? <laughs> I believe so. Oh, it's so good. I don't remember the guy's name, I'm pretty uh, the, the Yahoo, but I'm pretty sure it's Buzz Aldrin who gets suckered into coming to give a talk to kids about the moon landing. And instead, it's some Yahoo claiming the moon landing never happened. And the guy is so smarmy and rude and disrespectful. And eventually, like 75-year-old Buzz Aldrin just lights this guy up with a right cross. Nice. Oh. If you haven't seen it, yeah, Buzz Aldrin punch. Take a look.
0: Like Worth that, your time. That's just dumb. Like I don't care how old Buzz Aldrin is when you're when you're doing this. You don't fuck with that dude. No dude, that that's military, right? Like he just mess you up. Come on. dude he is the t- proverbial 2 dollar steak. You do not mess with yeah. with that old man.
2: Did you guys hear about Arnold Schwarzenegger? There was a fan who tried to trip him and he broke his leg trying to hurt him.
0: Arnold was on a, a, it was like a gymnasium and he came down from the stands and did it like a full wrestling two legged drop kick.
3: Into,
2: yes.
0: Into Arnold's back. And Arnold like.
2: Didn't took, move.
0: He took about a half a step forward and this guy just went flat down on the ground.
2: Yeah. He was Snapchatting and he said, I thought somebody bumped into me. He's like, you got to ruin my Snapchat. And I was like, oh my God. Why would you go up against Arnold Schwarzenegger?
0: Yeah. Even even in his 70s. Yeah, that guy's a tank. Absolutely. The Terminator no-sold your missile dropkick. What now? Say what you want about what kind of actor he
1: is, but... I mean, they didn't fake his muscles. No. That guy's, that
0: guy's still ridiculous. Yeah. He's been clean since the 80s, too, so it's, yeah. He was big into the steroids before they knew what steroids did, but he got out of it once he was done competing. And, yeah, no, mm-hmm. that, that's just a dude who's spent two hours in the gym pretty much every day for the last 50 years.
1: Yeah. I also have been clean since the 80s, so I want to make sure I get that out there. Ever since. In, case people, in case people were wondering.
0: <laughs> well, you know, your your high jump records were under some fire, so. Right? They are clean. Yeah. Wind aided, perhaps, but clean. <laughs> Legit. Next question. You get to write a script, name your seven characters parentheses Star Trek crew is always 7 for a reason and a basic plot line now is it animation or live action and what are the MPAA or TV content labels Are you and
2: kidding me? we got
0: a little list of them afterwards. This is from from Skinny Joe fan on Twitter. Our friend Ted. So, you got a problem this with the is question? It's on the
1: spot.
0: Yeah, take it out on Ted. It's not on the spot. I sent you the rundown hours ago. But you didn't read it.
1: It goes to Joe at joecolton.com. dot com.
0: Joe at joecolton.com. dot com. Probably got lost in all the dog requests. I know Mark Weber read his rundown. He was he was trying to call me like an hour before we got started. Hey man,
1: I've been I've been sitting here on Skype since my last appearance. Nice to show
0: up. There's a reason I go invisible once we get done recording. There's a reason I do. I'm just just sitting here in my Friday night black leather waiting. That's right. That's what we're afraid of. But actually, it, it's the truth. Like I would be able to run a crazy statements Mike receives on Skype when he's not actually there the times that I don't go invisible on Skype.
3: Oh,
2: goodness, okay. Seven characters.
0: Did you come prepared, Mark?
1: Uh, I did my homework. All right, so uh, why do you start? Not just MBA 502, which is killing me right now, but whatever. Look, your best teams are always five or six people it's not that different than Renegades from a a construct kind of thing. You want five or six shows and then hopefully you run into more along the way. But for me, I mean, I think anything that gets done for Joe has got to be kid ish focused, right? Not pandering, not, you know, not something that an adult couldn't watch, but if you're not, if you actually got budget to make a show, you have to get, Youth interested in GI Joe, so I would uh, I would make it. You know, you're you're shooting for that eight to twelve year old kid, hopefully. And I think you put together and you want to include Joe. The GI Joe has always been a very inclusive show and brand, anyway. We want to hit both genders and you want to hit as many ethnicities as you can. So I think you start with Duke Scarlet and Snake Eyes. I think that's the kind of holy trinity of Joe. And then you build with the other two. And looking at, at what I'm starting with, I definitely want to have an African-American Joe. And the easy one is Roadblock. I'd love to go a little different and do somebody who hasn't gotten much love, maybe Heavy Duty. And then, or who's the vet? I like the veterinarian guy. He might work. Um, <laughs> and then the last one, I think, I think Sniper is cool. And I think Laser Sniper is crazy cool. So I think if you write sci-fi in or potentially low light, I think he got a really cool kind of edgy guy for the end of the group. For bad guys, you see the last two slots for Destro and Cobra Commander. And I think a pitch I made is that you can make G.I. Joe, the show, actually anti-war if Destro is the main villain and he's inciting conflict around the world. And so that lets the Joe show, Globetrot, Carmen San diego ish and run into different joes who are the local guy or gal wherever they're going and always fighting against Destro's forces who are inciting conflict on both sides and that makes war actually the enemy in a military show which i think takes some of the angst out of why companies don't get behind joe maybe like they used to and then in the end there's a, a i think i've said this before there's a brilliant piece that a movie studio did ahead of the movie Prometheus, uh which is tied into the alien uh, legacy where they have the the head of the Wayland yutani evil corporation giving a ted talk and it's guy pierce and he's brilliant in this bit and every time i the first time i watched it, i went wow that's a modern day cobra commander right there should be a guy in the ted talk running a multi-billion dollar, you know, multinational company, and then getting applause, stepping off the stage, and putting on his battle helmet for his day job, essentially, or his night job. Uh, Man, I think that could work. But I don't don't think we're anywhere close to it. But there you go. There's my my seven characters and my future of G.I. Joe
0: animation. All right. Joe Colton. You done scribbling notes on the back of your, your pad and cheating off your neighbor's work?
2: Yeah, pretty much.
0: All right. Seven Joes, who you got?
2: I've got Snake Eye, Scarlet, Duke, Shooter, Beachhead, I and approve. then Heavy Duty, or Stalker. I couldn't decide between the two. And then I wanted another girl. So I was going to put either... Cover girl or jinx.
0: Okay. And what are they doing? So
2: they're still fighting Cobra, but <laughs> it would probably be Cobra Commander's son. So yeah. I don't know. I hadn't figured that out yet. I was still working on people.
1: Mm. I like the inclusion of heavy duty for sure, because I just think as great a character as Roadblock is. Mm-hmm. It can- Every iteration of Joe has had Roadblock forever.
3: Yeah. And
1: I can't get rid of Duke, Snake Eyes, or Scarlet without feeling like a piece is missing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But Roadblock, yeah, I could... You know, it's big guy. You need a Hulk, you need Colossus, you need... Somebody has to be the heavy, so to speak, on the, on the good guy side. But it doesn't yeah. have to
0: be Roadblock. I'd love to see somebody else in that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gung-ho's kind of fallen by the wayside as Roadblock has has picked up steam. The original Heavy, if you will.
1: Yeah, and I think Gung-Ho, done a little more seriously, if you actually had him be hardcore Marine, and he just happens to be Cajun too, he could completely fill
0: that role. That was actually who I went with, because I I also did Duke Scarlet Snake Eyes. I had Gung-Ho, I had Stalker, I had Beachhead for sentimental reasons, and I had Spirit. I think the the tail end of your team has to be made up with folks that just apply to any set of circumstances. And I think those four guys fill that bill.
1: Did you ever read, you probably did, I'm sure, Max Brooks' Hearts and Minds that he wrote about Spirit? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. So good, where you did him him as high-functional ADHD, basically. Yeah, where it it wasn't the terrible stereotype of Native American tracker ear to the ground, oh, are five tanks coming. It was the idea. It was almost daredevil like, right? Yeah, that he couldn't stop accessing information, and that made tracking second nature to him because he doesn't forget or miss anything. I thought that was such a good update on the character.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, hearts and minds. Just to, as a quick aside. That's better Joe fiction than, than we probably deserved at the time. So good. Yeah.
1: He made an Interrogator comic. My favorite Cobra, who never gets any love. I ripped off the best line of Interrogator for his file card on the club figure. <laughs> Straight from Max Brooks.
0: The Spirit one always stuck out to me. The Tripwire story always stuck out to me, too.
1: Hmm.
0: It was just overwhelmingly tragic, almost. For a guy who is always a one-note gag, you know, going, yeah, going in. Yeah, he was on the, the giggles, right? Yeah. His, his few appearances in the old book, he's running into battle and he's falling on something. Right.
1: I mean, I just assume that people who, who listen to What's on Joe Mind, you know, have, have read everything and know everything and are, are, are dying for something new. But if you haven't read it, Max Brooks' Hearts and Minds, and there was only like five or six issues is some of the best show fiction ever written. So if you if that happened to slip by your radar, make sure to uh, amend that mistake.
0: It was collected up. I have actually got a hardcover of it earlier this year. And so it, it's still very much available anywhere. If you've got a comic shop that's good in trades, I promise you that they have hearts and minds. So yeah. pick, pick that one up. I like- it's, it's the best 15 to $20 you're going to spend on a comic book in a while. Absolutely.
1: I like that you both mentioned Stalker and I considered Stalker. Stalker was actually my first Joe ever. I just think on a, on a limited team, especially because mine was only five Joes and two villains, Snake Eyes and Stalker both punch some of the same military specialty, kind of, and Beachhead too. Like that Ranger I, I get from other guys on the team, and that's why I didn't include him. But I think he's a fantastic character. And a guy who they could actually even do more with for for a guy that's gotten a good amount of run, I still think there's a lot of Stalker left uh, left to right to write and read.
0: Yeah, I mean Duke kind of kicked Stalker out of that original trilogy. Like yeah. if, if if you go back even in the animation, that first miniseries, they establish who your badasses are early, and it's Stalker, Snake Eyes, and Scarlet.
1: Mm-hmm. A- and
0: Stalker kind of gets left on the wayside as the cartoon goes on because they didn't they stopped selling his figure. But right. There's enough nuance, I think, between those characters that like Stalker can also be your medic. Right. And you might have to call him something else. The the name Stalker might not fly, but the character would be Stalker. I think that's what they tried to do back in Rise of Cobra. Marlon Wayans was was not playing Ripcord. He was he was Stalker. They just couldn't call him Stalker it's a name that's that's just got all kinds of negative connotations since 1982 so you might not be able to pull that one off and he might have to get called something else and that would of course make people freak out cuz they they would go to they would go to something still within canon right but regardless the the, the character would be stalker you know beachhead can be he, yeah he's a ranger he could be your jungle specialist you know or one of those guys you can sub out maybe you get maybe you get wetsuit or torpedo in there instead but you're you're gonna have your your money-making characters and then i want characters that are not going to change if i've got a small team like that that i'm building around i want to make sure that that small team is as versatile as it can be
1: right that was one of the reasons i like stalker so much because i was a a slave to the file cards, right? Mm -hmm. I love the file cards. With no show in year one of Joe, all you had was the comic book and the file cards. And the fact that he was a ranger and also the medic and the interpreter, right? I mean, I assume that Breaker did most of the interpreting, but still. He was just so, so versatile and talented on a couple different levels that he spoke to me right away. Yeah. Um I think he's a great character.
0: Yeah, they gave him two sentences of backstory and you just you still got the sense that this was a guy who had all the potential in the world and finding the military at 18 or 19 was the greatest thing that could have happened to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because look at what look at the doors it just blew open for him and and how how much of just a not just a physical badass but like this dude's got a major brain in his head. And, and it, it put it all to work. So, yeah, no, Stalker's a, a great, great character and absolutely been forgotten just because of, of an unfortunate name, I think, as right. years go by.
1: Well, because he was inf- primary military specialty, infantry, secondary, I think, medic and interpreter, and third was sending Joe Colton emails. Correct. Pretty sure.
0: Pretty sure. Correct. Third was peanut butter. Anyhow. We killed that one dead, didn't we?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: To the other
0: questions, you guys didn't really figure in. Is it animation or live action?
2: I would do live action.
1: I would do it animated Same. since I'm, I got, you know, I got to get it on Cartoon Network. I got to get it in front of kids. Uh,
3: yeah. yeah.
0: I, I'd go animated too, even if they got something on, on a streaming service. Just so, something that supports multiple episodes that can be consumed in, in a relatively short period of time. You see the, the programming on cable anymore? It's kind of ridiculous. Like, you don't get to see a show once. You you have to watch the same show for two hours. Yeah. It's insane how, how Netflix and Hulu and the like have changed how people watch television. Mm-hmm. The MPAA labels. Has anybody got anything that's just way too weird? D is dialogue, L is language, S is sexual situations. V is violence, and FV is fantasy violence. I think FV is at least the where all of them, all three of ours, they all start that way.
1: Yeah. That's, that's laser bolts and you know, laser cannons, right?
0: Yeah. I might even extend mine to the regular V, because I think G.I. Joe, not that it's got to be anything graphic, but I think G.I. Joe, as it plays today, is kind of an older kid's property it's kind of an all ages property as opposed to a kid's property um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that people are taking bullets but like actual knives come into play and 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 it, it, there's more threatening situations the violence is a little bit more uh, a little bit more real because an explosion is an explosion I don't want to make it sound like none of that has any danger attached to it but it's one thing to have some weird Star Wars looking laser pistol being pointed at you. It's something else when, when that Cobra soldier busts out a bowie knife and starts approaching in a menacing manner. So, not again, not that any more blood is going to be shown, but there, there's a definite change in tone there. So I, I, might, I might go as far as the V. I, I agree with
1: him. I think you can do a lot with just the threat of the violence, right? Yeah. Guys may not be getting shot on camera, but those are real bullets. And... You know, if a helicopter goes into the side of a cliff and explodes, I don't need to see the parachute, right? Yeah. It's not the cartoon, it's not the A Team. You know, that helicopter blew up, and you don't ha- you don't have to show the body for somebody to understand that death was involved there. I think you need that, and I think you can have it without being morbid or gory or dangerously violent.
0: It doesn't have to be graphic in order to be understood. I think. Graphic violence has a place, by all means. Uh, Lord knows, I love cheesy slasher movies with, you know, the cheesier the better. But there's a time and a place. And I don't think a military-style all-ages drama is the place to do graphic violence. Mm. That's that's just a good way to get yourself cancelled and in the crosshairs of parents' groups. Since Joe Colton's doing live action, we know she's going to be down with the sexual situations.
2: <laughs> and dogs.
0: And dogs. Canine sexual situations.
1: So law and order would have to be on the team, I guess. Yeah, no
2: probably.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can they count as one or, or two? Um, Ooh, that's tough. Well. It's kind of a match set, right? De- yeah. Depending on where you are in that photo shoot. Moving on. Next question in Ye post sock I am listening to the interview with Arthur Berghart. How many times during the interview did each of you get mesmerized or starry-eyed when Mr. B spoke in the deep voice of Destro or other characters? I'll answer mm. that question. Lots. Lots. I'm pretty sure I heard at least one love-smitten sigh from Joe and maybe one from Mike. And I'm going to say only one. When I grow up, I want to sound like that guy.
2: He has a beautiful voice.
0: Yeah. Anyhow, I know I caught myself warming to those deep tones a few times. I'm just lucky that more people do not speak like that. Feel free to answer this as part of the mailbag if you feel it is worthy. Oh, yes, it's worthy. So the the actual part of the question, have you written to IDW and tell Mark Webber as a 20-year ER nurse I am cynical, just not with G.I. Joe? I'm another Oregon native that lived two hours from Portland. Real question, how has G.I. Joe improved your life? So I guess that's the easy question. Do you guys write your, your letters to IDW like Brian put out his call to action last episode?
2: I did not.
0: <sighs> I know.
2: I Joe saw I s- Come on.
1: I, I sent an, an email to John Barber. Does that count? With the me name drop. Was it about the G.I. <laughs> Joe comic? It was.
3: All
2: right. Ah. Yeah.
0: All right. That's something.
1: John Barber is a good guy, I, and I worked with him on Transformers a little bit, and I think he's great. So,
0: I did set one nothing. for two sixty two. I have not done it for two sixty three yet. That one fell right in the middle of all that Joe Fest nonsense, and so I, I, I'm still getting used to being home again.
1: Trying to figure out where Jake, uh, the, where Jake is. If he's two hours from Portland, and it's not Bend. Which is straight down. He must be over more towards the coast, because there ain't nothing in Eastern Oregon but like you know, bones and desert. so
0: <laughs> all those people that died from dysentery in Oregon Trail. That's it, right?
1: Yeah, Bur- <laughs> And the, the furthest town out there is called Burns. And I'm like, yeah, that's about
0: right. <laughs> For about East four North. months a year, yeah. And uh, we used to
1: joke there's a little town called Millican that had like five people and one gas station in it. And we used to joke about how Millican was really happening in town in Oregon. And then I think when I was in high school, there was like a, there was a murder in Milliken. Ouch. And it was like, well, there's only five people. One's a cop and one's dead. So it really can't take that long to narrow this one down.
0: It's like murder <laughs> she C- wrote,
1: you know? CSI C- 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 Millican
0: is not going to be a long
1: running uh, CBS staple.
0: Murder, She Wrote, was on for 11 seasons on CBS. Angela True. Lansbury solving all these crimes in tiny Cabot Cove. Like, didn't Cabot Cove just run out of people? Wasn't she just the last one left? Anyway. So I guess that, that's the one question that he has that is mandatory. How has G.I. Joe improved your life? Mark Webber, besides being the reason that you picked up a paycheck from Hasbro for a couple of years, right. how has G.I. Joe improved your life?
1: I mean, when I was a kid, like G.I. Joe was the first comic I bought because I loved the toys so much. And before there was a, a TV show, you had to read the comic. And so it was it was Larry's comic that you know, really taught me to love G.I. Joe and taught me a lot about military and about, you know, sacrifice and brotherhood. And I mean, it's it's a big deal. I mean, I don't want to play it up to be more than it was. But for a young kid, it was a lot. And You know, G.I. Joe opened the door to X-Men for me, which is, you know, what a lot of kids read when they're teenagers and, you know, maybe don't feel like they completely belong. So G.I. Joe did a ton for me as a young kid. And so, you know, I collected up through junior high quietly and then got out for a couple of years. And then as soon as I was, I guess, midway through college and and just getting out of college, when I started making my first, I I won't say sizable paycheck what i made before that was right when ebay was dawning and Mm -hmm. so i backfilled my collection like crazy and joe has always been important to me it's always been my favorite toy always been my favorite storyline and so it was kind of the the story of my
0: not just my youth joe colton how is your perspective different being a canuck
2: (laughs) well i grew up with the comics up there and then obviously the cartoon for me, it was, my dad was was in the military, so G.I. Joe was important to me. He introduced me to G.I. Joe, and we would go to the corner store, and I would get to pick up a G.I. Joe comic book, and if they were sold out, I was pretty upset. Later on, probably just collecting, and I guess later in my life, with the cosplay, I got to see a lot of Fans of GI Joe and collectors, and really good friends that are lifelong friends now and basically family. So, I think it has changed my life immensely and or, or influenced it immensely. So,
0: yeah, I pretty well have to echo what you said there. Obviously, when you're a kid, you're you're looking for for something that. I mean, I guess you're not really looking for it, but. You're lucky enough to find some things that work with your worldview believe me my folks did the research on GI Joe and they found something that was like hey this isn't just some shoot 'em up silliness this is a, a real thing this is these are actual people behaving like actual people do in these types of circumstances you know they decided that it jived with the values they were trying to instill with me and that's why it got to continue. So that right there, I mean, that as as a kid, that ultimately is, is why it got to hang around as an adult though. My story is a lot like, like Joe's. It's just, you have all kinds of opportunities from just getting together and talking about this stuff and, and people think you're mildly entertaining about it. Uh, Getting to go to shows and getting to, to present in front of people, and getting to to be silly about it and and just you you get to meet all kinds of folks and make all kinds of connections that you ordinarily wouldn't get to do and it's not just oh it's the world wide web it's the internet you can reach anywhere from here but unless you've got a purpose behind it it's just you're just shooting stuff out into into nothing it's not necessarily going to connect with anybody so the connections that i've gotten to make from this shared interest Really, they've made life a much more enjoyable activity in a lot of a lot of ways. You know, it's 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 nice to have a place to go. It's nice to have a convention that's just going to be full of similar dorks for a couple of days, maybe twice a year. Uh, <laughs> really, it's any number of ways that GI Joe has improved my overall standard of life. Uh, it's it's almost hard to verbalize how profound that's been. So that's from Jake Witherspoon from Facebook. Good question there, Jake, and, and thanks for the backstory. Thanks for listening to the, the previous episodes. Yeah. I mean Arthur Burkhardt that was that was a fun interview to do because we didn't have to work very hard. mm No, for for a guy I'll I'll tell everybody, he was very concerned that he wasn't gonna be able to fill an hour to an hour and a half worth of of talking. Like that was his concern. We we set that one up probably a couple of weeks before we did the interview and we were in regular contact. And, and it was just, a lot of it was just me saying, you know, Arthur, you'll, you'll be all right. You you can do it. You know, we, we talked a couple of times just to test out his equipment and those turned into 20, 30 minute phone calls. So yeah, I, I had no doubt that, that uh, Mr. Burghardt was going to be able to take care of an hour and a half or so of, of talking about just the world at large. Hopefully we get him back later this summer. I, I know he's open to that. He's i got to yeah. I I make sure that I can do that first. got to get through July. And
1: a voice like that, man, he could come on and read the phone book. Yeah. Right? I'm, I've always been in awe of, of radio guys and voice actors and and guys just with pipes like that. I, it's just stunning to me. And and one really cool thing is they tend to age well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll sound great forever. So there's a, there's a bit of show business immortality to that that I think is really cool.
0: So that closes up the post sock. And uh, we've already discussed all the number of ways you can reach out to us. Probably the best way to find us for post is to send us an email, uh, whatsonjoemind at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mind. We are on Twitter, at WOJM Podcast. Uh, we're on Instagram, at What's On Joe Mind, although that's a pretty terrible way to send a direct message. And we've also got voicemail. It's on here somewhere. I'll find it eventually. We'll get it up at the end of the show. We'd like to take a moment to thank our fine sponsors, AVAX Lab. For high-quality custom heads, weapons, vehicles, and parts for your G.I. Joe figures, head to AVAXLab.com. It's a great place to get a little head. Roma Collectibles. The official vagabond hobo retailer of What's on Joe Mind. Check out RomaCollectibles.com for their convention schedule. Roma Collectibles is an official retailer for Boss Fight Studio. The Finest. The Finest is the largest G.I. Joe cosplay organization in the U.S., and is regularly represented by our own Joe Colton. The Finest has raised over $70,000 for various military assistance organizations. Find out more and pick up some G.I. Joe cosplay tips and guidelines at thefinestcc.com. 3djoes.com, the online home of our own Carson Metaxas. 3djoes.com offers an in-depth look at G.I. Joe from 1982 to 1994. Check out figures, artwork, books, and more at 3djoes.com. All The Cool Stuff, the official brick-and-mortar retailer of What's On Joe Mind in the U.K. All The Cool Stuff has a huge selection of G.I. Joe, Action Force, Transformers, Lego, and more. Check them out in Fordingbridge or at allthecoolstuff.co.uk. Kokomo Toys, the official brick-and-mortar retailer of What's On Joe Mind in the U.S. Kokomo Toys is your source for G.I. Joe, Funko Pops, Marvel Legends, Lost Fight Studio, and more. Visit their megastore in Kokomo, Indiana, one hour north of Indianapolis, and online at KokomoToys.com. That brings us up to what we got in. It's part of the show where we brag about what's on our shelves and not on yours. Mark Weber, it's been about six weeks. What you get in?
1: I haven't gotten much. I'm still yeah, I've talked about it before. My holy grail is that Mint in Box Mauler. Never had the Mauler as a kid. It was one of the few things that uh, that escaped me from the early years, and I had a heavy metal with a with a weapon, but of course no mic, and it's pretty hard to get a mic that's guaranteed original if you're not actually taking it out of the original plastic bag. So, that's the one that's that's out there. That's my white whale right now, and uh, you know, Joe wise, I I kind of have what I'm what I need really, and that's what I like about collecting. Everyone defines their own collection, so. I'm looking for that. Oh, and I'm looking for Ghost Rider, the club figure. I actually didn't get that one because it came out after I had left Hasbro and I kind of had my pipeline cut off. But that was (laughs) uh, I only got to write a couple file cards. I got to write the the Ghost Rider file card and pitch the idea to redact it. And so I don't have that figure. And that's when I kind of need to have. Hmm. So, what did I get in? Nothing terribly special, but I got a couple things on my radar that I'm, you know,
0: definitely have the high beams out for. All right. So, if anybody can hook up Mark Weber. Right? I mean, they haven't been able to hook us up with uh, the whereabouts of of Tim Roberts yet, but maybe, maybe right. they maybe they got no. a lead on a on a ghost rider.
1: That is not a not a bad call. Yeah, I mean the the thing that I got, I think we talked about it last show. I got the uh, that Rhino painted up in Adventure Team colors, and it's outstanding. Like uh, one of the the very best modern vehicles, maybe one of the best vehicles of all time. I think it's in the in the in the discussion anyway. And painted up just banana bumblebee yellow with Adventure Team stickers on it, <laughs> and it's you know for for a guy to put that much work into it and send it my way. Just to say thank you is is really really cool, so that's my uh that that'll suit me for the whole year I think.
0: That was Davis Grayson, correct? Yeah, yeah. I got to meet him and at Joe Fest. He popped over and said hello.
1: He he just reached out to me on Facebook and said, "Hey, are you going to Joe Fest?" And I said, "No, nah, you know what? I'm just, I'm not going to be able to swing it this year." And he said, "All right, well, look for something in the mail." And I was like, "Okay, cool, you know, well, great." And I I did not expect, you know, a tank. And I certainly didn't expect something somebody had put that much custom work into. So that was really cool. That'll, you know, my cup runneth over, so to speak. Did you show it off to Daryl? Yeah, I took it with me uh, to lunch with Daryl. Because Daryl is Mr. Adventure Team, right? Yeah. So... I showed it to him and he dug it and he said, we actually went back to to Daryl's house afterwards and he showed me some of the joke collection because I hadn't seen some of the really choice pieces before. And he had me bring it in the house so he could take a look at it under some of the better lighting in his house. That's how cool he thought it was. So (laughs) that one made an impact. Very, very cool.
0: Our voicemail, by the way, is 262-515-9656 four two six two five one five W O J M. I know that was that was tearing everybody apart. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Colton, what'd you get in?
2: Am I including Joe Fest stuff or just after Joe Fest?
0: Oh, When'd you get in?
2: Well, talk Joe about Fest, what you want to talk about. Okay. I got the Lady Boa. I got the last one of those. The last one of the Unmasked Snake Eyes, Bill Nedro's book, and then I got. And you can get the, the full.
0: You can get the full stories on these, on special edition fifty nine. If you don't listen yes. to special editions, but. You know, we we need to fill uh-huh. a segment, so we got we got to include that stuff here anyway.
2: Yeah, and then I got Horror Show, Strange, and Storm from Roma Collectibles.
0: And those are for your. Uh, My
2: current obsession.
0: Yes, your current obsession. The, the, the convention set of 2012,
2: 2013?
0: 2012. 2012. Hey, Mike? Yes. Mike, can you play tiebreaker here? Because it was always
1: Shraj to me. Oh. So Joe and I have pronounced it differently
0: probably our whole lives.
2: Yeah, probably. <laughs> I,
0: I couldn't pronounce it, so I just called him <laughs> <laughs> we just called. All right, him, fair enough. We just called him Eric. That's all.
2: Eric. So I got Eric. And then my latest thing that was sent to me in the mail by Mike Sansel, a.k.a. Bricks, is Raven, a custom figure of Raven.
0: And Raven is?
2: Unreleased Viper pilot, okay. the female. Sorry. All right. I'm multitasking.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: I saw that pic online. That That is a killer-looking figure.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Partly because the, the Viper itself is such a phenomenal figure. But that one, uh, yeah, that takes cake.
0: She's pretty. It's good that one of us is concerned with putting on a quality broadcasting effort.
2: <laughs> I was pouring wine. Hush.
0: All right. That's probably the one thing you could have said there to get off the hook. And that, that works. All that right. Works.
2: I, I have to... Uh, I concede. Like, I have to meet expectations. That,
0: it's fair. You're, you've been remarkably sober for us being into our, our third hour of recording here.
2: I was trying very hard.
0: Why? Why suddenly? I, I don't understand.
2: I want to make you proud.
0: I mean, it, it makes me proud the amount you're able to consume, too. I, I don't understand the, the... Yeah, anyhow. Don't be projecting your Puritan values on me. <gasps> anyhow. Uh, I haven't gotten much. Most of what I've gotten, you can see on our Instagram account. At what's on Joe Mine. Or you can listen to Special Edition 59 and, and get the complete rundown. Basically, another beachhead, a couple of Cobra Troopers, James Kavanaugh's books. Kind of working on a budget at Joe Fest, so got to take it easy. Here in town I did hit up one of the local vintage toy stores because they were having a big Fourth of July sale and I, I got a, a complete heat viper from nineteen ninety for about fifteen dollars. So that that was about that was what else I've gotten in the last couple of weeks. So not too much. Went to the grocery store. That's what I did. Fudge stripe. Got mint fudge stripes that are not striped. It bothers me are tasty though so it doesn't bother me that much shout outs Joe Colton
3: hmm.
2: I'm going to shout out to Bricks for the raven figure and Sarah for agreeing to do the thing we're going to do probably next week
0: our, our okay. secret project
2: yes she just sent me a, a response Good. Uh, Good. <laughs> Good. 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 Uh, yeah, that's it. And you guys, it's always it's always nice having a doing a podcast with the both of you.
0: We we do have the lovely and talented Mark Weber in the house. Yes, everyone's favorite substitute teacher.
2: <laughs> Wearing leather,
1: right? Wearing leather. And we, we interrupted leather sleep. leather Friday. Everybody's favorite, right? Yeah.
2: Just keep picturing a whip and scotch and leather. That's it. <laughs> and root beer. And root beer, yeah. Yep. <laughs> if I'm not getting emails before, I am now.
0: <laughs> Joe Colton's appearance is paid for by the Jif Peanut Butter Company
3: <laughs>
0: and Chewy.com.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mark Weber. We've already talked about it
1: once early on, but we got to give a shout out to Carson on his honeymoon, right? That's yeah, right. So, yeah, obviously, great guy, and a guy who I worked with a couple of times over the years. And anytime I ever asked him for anything, image wise or reference wise, anything, his answer was always the same anything I can do to help. And like, we just need more people in general, like Carson. So, you know, just The absolute best to him and his bride. So happy for him. Um, And then something we haven't mentioned at all that is time sensitive, uh, Bobby Gala and his Action Force Kickstarter program. I respect the hell out of what Bobby is doing. Wish him nothing but the best. I think he's done outstanding work. And if you don't know about it, make sure to take a look. Bobby Gala's Action Force is next level. I couldn't wish him any more luck. He's the guy, and I think he's telling a really compelling story.
0: At time I of really recording, we have eight days to go.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: 67787 is the pledge total out of a $170,000 goal. So we're a little short right now. If you're on the fence about this one, this is the time to go. We need everybody who said that they were going to be in to get in. I have made my pledge. I know Joe has made her pledge. Mark has made his pledge. I have not,
2: actually.
0: You're killing me, Joe Colton. You're killing me. Just I,
2: I haven't s- gotten paid. Smile and
0: nod. Just, yes. Oh. Yes.
2: Yes.
1: If only a money making opportunity would present itself. Mm.
0: Right. Oh, God.
2: Mm. Not a thing. This is
0: what it's come to. Well, so, that dog guy. Right. <laughs> What kind of dog we talking about here?
2: Yeah. <laughs> how small is this dog?
0: I'm sure this is how Bobby always envisioned his his last minute push to, to be framed up. With the guy with wanting Joe to do the sexy shoot with a dog.
3: hmm.
0: And it could be a sexy dog. That's what we've tied Action Force to sexy shoot dogs. It's really not the size of the dog, it's what you do with it ain't the size of the dog it's how you work that bone and it's
1: been a little bit unfair to Joe hey buddy I mean Mike and I got free time
0: so clearly Oh <laughs> I, I don't know if they got a dog sexy enough for me though anyhow But yes, eight eight days left, so by the time this gets posted, hopefully be at least a couple of days remaining that you can hear this and be reminded and get on board the Action Force Express. Mm -hmm. Uh, These things always find a big push at the end. So if you're holding out, if you're, well, I don't know if I want to put a pledge in if it's not going to make its goal, the money is coming as people start to figure out what exactly they're going to be Budgeting for this project, but this stuff is awesome. Saw it in person at Joe Fest. It is incredible. Dare if you to I want to
1: make a statement that there's money out there to be had in military toys. This is a good way to do it. You know, just in case I don't know any toy companies are
0: paying attention. Yeah, because we don't get a lot of our downloads in Rhode Island or Burbank or anything like that. Nobody listens to this program, for example. Wink. Wink. And that's the truth. I am not lying about that. A disproportionate number of our clicks come from Rhode Island and Southern California. Believe it. So what happens on What's on Joe Mine gets heard by those sets of ears. Again, if you're on the fence about Bobby's project, just, just go for it. You don't have to go all in. Every little bit helps. If you get one figure because you want to try it out, great. Do one figure and then... Get on and buy what you like later. If you are all in, this is the time to get all in. Everybody in the pool. It's rally up time for Action Force. And uh, My shout outs, first and foremost, our friend Mark Weber. I know that guy. We got you a good three, four days notice this time. This is like luxury. Right? Yeah.
1: And notice the quality of my participation goes up marginally.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not an exponential deal no nah, largely... I mean it's small but it's noticeable you set the bar pretty high when we're when we're getting you in on short notice. Well
1: I think it was important to put some distance between me and the Tim Roberts call-out episode
0: well our normal production schedule does that on its own so <laughs> you still got something for Tim Roberts though don't don't be don't be trying to distance yourself from that I got nothing but
1: love for Tim Roberts
0: oh, first yeah.
1: responder when he missed the high jump map.
0: He's going to fight you. He is. That's all right. He's going to fight you. I
1: got to. I got time.
0: <laughs> Coming soon to What's On Joe Mind YouTube channel, the Mark Weber training montage.
1: There, there ain't nothing between us but time and opportunity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Of course, shout out to Carson and the lovely Mrs. Carson who I'm sure will not be introduced to anyone on the show cuz we didn't get invitations. That didn't hurt your feelings, Joe Colton. I know that. No. Nope, didn't hurt my feelings. Nope. We are made of stone.
2: Yep. I did not cry.
0: Mm-mm, well, I mean, in
1: fairness, North Carolina is like a whole what? 75 minutes from DC?
3: Uh,
2: 4 hours. But yes, wow. I would. I would have driven down.
1: Give her, It depends on how you, how you drive.
2: That is true. <laughs> it could be seventy-five minutes. Yes.
1: You, you drove to Atlanta, right? Yeah. North Carolina is like where you stop for beef jerky on the way to Atlanta. Come on now.
2: Right. I have actually <laughs> made it to Richmond, Virginia, in forty-five minutes from DC.
1: No DC traffic.
0: Sometimes it's forty-five minutes to Rockville.
3: Right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that week I was there, we we got rained on so much, it was forty five minutes to get on the highway.
1: Yeah. I don't oh miss that one bit. Oh, DC
0: traffic. No. There's no such thing as Saint Louis traffic, so I was really caught unprepared. Like I've i I've driven in all the, the big spots and the Nashville's and the New Yorks and the Miamis and the Chicagos and the the Bostons. I've I've hit most of the stuff in the eastern half of the US, but I was not prepared for D.C. traffic. D.C.
1: brutal and also Seattle. Come out west. Try Seattle sometime.
0: That'll be our project for next summer, maybe. Rally up the troops. Visit Terry.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't Road know.
1: trip.
3: Woo! And,
1: and trip. all of our giant What's on Joe Mine fans in British Columbia.
0: That's right. As it is the province in Canada where we are the most popular. What's on Joe Mind? Big in Vancouver. Big in Vancouver. We won't be stopped. Except at the border. Well, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, why, why wouldn't you?
1: If they see Joe, they'll just wave us on through, right? Yeah.
0: No, Maybe that's that's probably exactly why they would stop us. Because <laughs> like,
1: they know there's wine in the car somewhere?
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's some kind of contraband coming over the border they're so not they're I'm not threatened like by me i'm I'm a big guy, but you know i'm I'm carrying enough weight around at this point that it, they know I'm not outrunning anybody whatever they are not impressed by old beachhead Mike but Joe Colton yeah that's that's sending up all kinds of red flags
2: so I think it was like three or four years ago I brought William up to Canada with me for Christmas he had nowhere to go and I was like that's it get in the car we're going he's like are you sure I was like get in the car so on the way back my mom and dad had collected probably a case of various swines for me and they put them in the trunk of my car or his car and I was driving we get to the border and they're like do you have anything to clear? and I was like nope he like looks at me and I looked at him and I gave him this look and he's like, No. <laughs> he's like, We just have cookies. I was like, mm mm-hmm. Cookies and sandwiches and leftover food. And the guy goes, All right. So I gave him my green card and everything else. And we go through and he's like, You lied and I was like, Yes. Yes, I did.
0: <laughs> dun, and dun, like, and he believed
2: you and I was like,
3: Yes.
0: Sweet innocent yes, William. Poor sweet innocent William. <laughs> this is probably what fractured his psyche to where he splits his time between sweet innocent William and the Cutter Zone.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say this was a while ago. Like he's been, you know, more exposed to Joe's influence, so Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> he has huh? said to me on several occasions that he probably would have died having not met me.
0: More than likely, because he he'd have wandered innocently into some situation where he'd have been stabbed. Yeah. It's kind or of sweet a... it's sweetly morbid mm-hmm. on some level. <laughs> no without question.
2: Yeah. Or or become a chip and dancer. Whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's just his action figure. Yeah. Just his action just, figure. I... You guys got anything else to throw out there?
2: No, I'm good.
0: I'm good. Oh, I'll give a last, last shout-out, too, of course, to our, our unofficial fourth member, Racktime Rob, for his continued good work on our sister-brother, I don't know, program. Our companion program, Racktime.
2: Nice.
0: So this, this is probably going to be our last regular episode before we, we hit the road again. Joe, yeah. where are the people going to see us?
2: Ohio Toy and Comic Show. And it's the 20... Is it the 20, 20th of July? Dayton, Ohio.
0: I'm telling you, I sent the rundown out. I, to everybody at home, I sent out the rundown.
2: I'm not near my phone.
0: Mm.
2: Or my computer, not my phone. I'm near my phone. And not just, my computer.
0: just think you can see all this dysfunction live because we'll have a <laughs> panel at the Ohio <laughs> Toy and Comic Show as well. Featuring Joe Colton and myself and Racktime Rob and, I don't know, probably James Cavanaugh because he always finds a way.
2: (laughs) He should be me on that panel.
0: (laughs) Why should he be you on that panel?
2: So I can be him on the panel.
0: I don't have any idea where you're going with this.
2: So at the last Joe Con, Mm -hmm. he dressed up as me and I dressed up as him.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. You meant physically be you. Yes. All right. I thought we were just getting into, you know, I want to be the one talking about my book. And James would be like, I want to be the one drunk at 2 (laughs) p.m.
2: He is the one that's drunk at 2 p.m.
0: You know, if he is, I've just known him long enough now that I don't notice anymore. It's entirely possible. You get James a half a case of room temperature beer, and that's a happy man right there.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I'm sure Gray Childs will run it to him. Here's some warm beer. Gray Childs would be confused because he would probably bring him a cold beer. And James would be like, Well, this is nice and all, but it's not it's not room temperature.
1: Could you warm this up for me? Could you throw in the microwave? Yeah.
0: This isn't a this isn't a, a hot beer heated by hours of time in my trunk. So I, I don't quite know what to do with it. And and poor Gray being the nicest man alive, the way he is—I I mean, it could be a Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of thing, where his face melts. You know, just <laughs> just wouldn't know what to do.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Would it would undermine oh. his hospitality score? He, he, he'd he he'd be lost to us. Oh, long poor. That is a fantastic nickname.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: Or I should say code name. It's not a. It's not really a great nickname, but it is a. It is a great code name.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: now we got to get them like some kind of jeep we're going to make this happen somebody needs to pick up the long custom project for a show we're looking at you Aaron Dietrich of Roma Collectibles we're looking at you do it but that's it for what's on Joe' mind thanks again for your continued patronage uh, if you have a few dollars laying around and want to support the show, we do have merchandise and t-shirts available. Hey, we sold some t-shirts at the what's on joe mall on Etsy. That is Etsy.com slash Etsy.com slash shop slash what's on Joe Mall. Remember that you can contact us anytime by email at what'sonjoe at gmail.com, at W O J M podcast on Twitter, at what's on Joe Mind on Instagram on our self-titled Facebook page, or by voicemail at 262-515-9656. We look forward to feedback, questions for the postdoc, episode ideas, any correspondence from our faithful Joe fans. For my co-hosts, Joe Colton and Mark Weber, this is Mike Irizarry. Have a great evening and make tomorrow a better day. Have a great evening. to Goodbye
1: now.